he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bolotified. This is number 38. I'm Anthony Bolotta, and I'm here as I am every week with my cohort in crime, Alex Apostolides. But before we say hello, Alex, we just want to remind you, we are a podcast about the dazzling, sometimes tragic world of event entertainment and engagement. Sort of a backstage pass. Would you say that's true, Alex? I would say that's very true. What else is there? Kind of a little bit of a tell-off, kind of fun, of intriguing, right? Yes, yes. And uh, yeah, definitely. Today, we're going to hear uh, a, a little bit in that realm, if you would, that that uh, that line of thinking. Uh, we're going to talk to somebody that uh, we've known for a long, long, long time, uh, who's come up in the business and uh, getting their sort of take on the business. Uh, something that we've done before, right? Only with a different yeah. person, a different cast. <laughs> well, it's really great hearing everybody's experiences and perspective because everybody comes at with a common goal, but from a slightly different point of view. So it's always good to get that. Definitely, definitely. And uh, that certainly is going to be true for our conversation today, although there'll be some things that we will definitely agree on as well. And that's what makes life interesting, right? Yes, it does. So I I have to admit that one of my guilty pleasures, although not so much re, uh, as of late, but but it's still a pleasure that I partake in is to listen to Dr. Laura. Yeah. Uh, you know, she is, there are, there are times I don't agree. What difference does it make? It doesn't, but there are right. times where I feel like, okay, she, she's not really listening. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, she is very clear about some things and she is very pointed and direct. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I learn a lot listening to Dr. Laura well, about myself good. and about the world at large and about other people. And she says something that is really, I found very engaging, funny. She, she tells people to stop being nice, you know, just to sort of suck it up, you know, people will be nice and just sort of deal with things. She, she says, stop being nice. It's boring and it doesn't do anybody any good. But I love the fact that she thinks it's boring and it is, you know, so it's sort of like, it's sort of like an encouragement to, to st state your case, be who you are. If something bothers you, express it, you know, don't, uh, don't suck it up. Don't, don't eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and think that you're over it and it doesn't matter to you. And yet it probably does, uh, you know? Um, and so I am one of those, I'm, I'm a guy who like, I think I, I upset people without even trying like I think I'm one of those guys like I, <laughs> you know, there are a few of us 
So I try so hard not to be that person. Sometimes I don't try at all, but most of the time I try really hard. And she's just encouraging me to be who I want to be, who I am. I mean, she's just encouraging me to be who I am. I don't know that that would work out so well, though, for me. I think I have to, I have to chill out and uh, not always say the first thing that comes to mind. I think, as in all things in life, there needs to be a balance, right? Mm-hmm. And all things in moderation, even moderation. That, though, that used to be a saying in our house. That feels like um, less for some reason. Huh? That feels like less. <laughs> my godmother used to say something, my, my new na, which is Greek for godmother. And she used to say, honey, if two people never disagree, one person is unnecessary. Mm, that's great. Isn't that great? That's wisdom. She was a smart, smart cookie, that woman. Yes. <laughs> Well, our guest today is a Gallo Award winner who has worked creating extraordinary events, not just across the country, but internationally. And uh, she's the creator of the highly successful and uniquely artistic Shapeology and television featured on America's Got Talent. What I love is that she's someone who is constantly thinking out of the box and uses that ability. She Well, she used it to create a show around a box. And uh, so please, please, let's welcome the founder, CEO, and creative director of Event Show Productions, Doreen Collier. Hello, Doreen. She's got Hello. a face that fits on a screen. I'm there. Can you see me? I can. And she looks obscenely beautiful. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Doreen is joining us in the midst of a tropical storm. In Actually, uh, upgrades are uh, Hurricane One she's status. A, she's at Hurricane One now? Yeah. Wow. I saw that little, that little that mean little girl. Yeah. Is she is she over your head right now or is she up? No, nope. she's coming. She's got the bands. We got one band. And it's breaking. It's supposed to hit like it in the middle of the night now. It slowed uh, down a little bit and gained some strength. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when it slows. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we're just waiting here and prepared for this wonderful creation of life and storm. And, you know, we've been through a couple here. Yes. You've been through your share of storms. Uh, in South Florida and Tampa, where you are now, but uh, when you used to live further south as well in Hollywood, you oh, yeah. have seen some storms. Mm-hmm. Here it's a little different because you have on the Maria Island a storm surge, which I never really understood until I lived here, where it's not the wind or the storm, it's not a rain that comes down and that can't make it through the flood, um, whatever filters on the island. So mm-hmm. it starts building up and it'll build up to your door and keep going so the gulf so, just keeps rising and growing, rising and rising, rising, and, rising. Goes, and then yeah, there's so nowhere for it to go to go yeah. so you sit you're in it so the other right. day we had our first fan and our downstairs flooded and then we have a oh, boat yeah. and it will raise the boat up and off the seawall into like actually like right somebody's yard or the street or yeah right, right. so we moved it this morning and we're ready to go man got some wine got a generator 
Got, you know, pork butt on the freaking uh, crock pot and we're ready to go. Pork butt on the crock pot. Now that is a song. <laughs> that is a song. It definitely pork is. Pork on Wait, the I'm crock pot. Go, outside where we can like look at the beautiful craziness happening. See it? Mm-hmm. It's not that bad yet. It's no, coming. it's not bad, but it does get worse. It doesn't look so windy, oh, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. I used to love those storms, though. I mean, not the crazy, crazy strong ones, but the ones no. you knew that you'd get through. Um, you yeah, snuggle in and watch a Hallmark movie. and Right, until the power goes out. And then, because, you know, <laughs> back in the day, we didn't have generators. We have our generator. We're ready to go. We are ready to go. And you have the mastermind, yeah. AJ, of all things technological yeah. behind, behind all oh this, too. God. So it helps to have We've somebody like that. we got survival water we've got survivor dry food we've got it all good we're ready to go good i'm so glad i'm so <laughs> glad that the bands have dissipated during this call thank you yes, what is her name i know right yeah what is her name elsa 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 damn oh. frozen girl you know she's got to get her hands in she melts. <laughs> she's yeah. melting right now <laughs> yeah. she's melting all over the place yeah yeah so you know it's a little excitement. Mm -hmm. I like a little excitement. Considering the industry hasn't been exciting. No, it's been, it's been kind of <laughs> very good. It's been kind of an interesting couple of years. And you know, I used to kid at the very beginning of it. I would say to the younger people, you know, we got through 9/11. We got through 2008 this too shall pass we'll get through it mm -hmm. that lasted a good like six or seven months until i started to feel like the real stress of this so exactly, exactly right yeah it, right i mean something you... that uh it's never happened before and it's definitely a page turner for our industry it's not like a temporary oh let's just go in our sim you know in our little home and think about how we're going to reinvent it's, this is more just a major overhaul i feel in our industry it is it's going to it's going to mean new rules new protocols new pricing mm -hmm. uh, yeah new parameters everything in fact we're planning something in september here and this is one of the things that we're dealing with i'm sure you have as well the city the state's ordinances are one thing but the hotels they're part of a national brand they're another right. so you could have one that just doesn't comply with the other and at the end of the day you're in that hotel so you have to comply with theirs even if they're more stringent than the states or you exactly. have to get somebody on a higher level to approve so we're having to do floor plans for a group that show two per six in classroom that's two people per six foot table mm -hmm. six, six people at a 66 inch round which is normally 10. right and uh theater is uh two feet between each seat right and three feet between a row so two feet between each seat means you're cutting out like one and a half seats mm -hmm. it's crazy what are the airport airlines doing they're not doing that <laughs> you know no. what i'm saying like it's right. uh, sort of strange that you have this federal authority of airlines that can sit people within uh, two inches of each other right but yeah in a broadway theater or any theater or in uh, corporate meetings, you, you don't have that. However, in social events, fundraisers, charities, 
I have not found a problem with doing any of these events recently. They are mm -hmm. sitting packed like sardines, no masks, and everybody is enjoying their life and not feeling um, any kind of uh, angst or anything like that. Or stigma. Uh, no, in, nothing. But interesting, I, I have to say that I do feel a lot of that is perceived liability. And it's not just, Absolutely. you know, yeah. it's not just about people getting sick and being liable for medical bills. It's being liable for the PR and being optics. liable, right, yeah. the optics. optics, which we know a lot about, because that's part, our, our world is about optics. And in 2008, when uh, then newly minted President Obama said something disparaging about meetings in Las Vegas. Do you remember the impact of that, that comment? What did he say? Unintentional. Well, it was after the 2008 fall, right? Then he took right. office and he was talking about expenditures that were not valid, you know, uh, companies mm. wasting money, spending money frivolously. And he pointed to meetings in Las Vegas as one example of that. And it shut down Las Vegas like instantly. Like nobody oh, yeah. was booking there because of the optics. And also at that time in our business, right after that, because companies during that time were being called out for spending money because of the big bailout, right? We right. were dealing with clients that were wanted to be under the wire, wanted to do a meeting and it had to be under the wire. Oh, I remember we did one and they collected all their phones going into the room and put them oh, in paper really? bags. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, it was in South Florida. And uh, to go into the meeting, you were not allowed to bring your cell phone. You had to collect them at the door because they weren't letting anybody take pictures or posting. They want to still have it, but they didn't want anybody to record it. Right. It's So this business that we're in is, is highly, highly uh, uh, impacted by optics and what people exactly. feel, right? Mm -hmm. And so a national chain is going to be very, very careful uh, even in a state that's been very, yeah, very major careful. corporation. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. However, so, you know, go ahead. Now you no, answer. No, no I was, you, I, you, I mean, you question me and I'll answer you. I, I was just <laughs> going to ask you because I, I, do, I do. Yeah. It's our podcast. We ask the questions. You that's answer right, them. Anthony. You know, I, I like Judy to says, when we dance. I mean, that's you, right. I, I could never dance with you. <laughs> I know it's a problem. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It works for you though. Some guys like to be led. AJ. Yes, they do. I know. Actually, we, that's why we fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he still likes to be led. Yeah. He just doesn't say it out loud. He doesn't know it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like to say he doesn't know it. It's Usually down deep the case down right. So what are you uh, working on? What's up? What's coming up for you? You know, I'm curious because when we spoke last, I I felt like you were ready to throw in the towel and that you were going to move on to something else. So I really want to know what is in your mind for the next year or two. I mean, this is okay. This is hard. I'm listening. I know it's hard for you because I know where your heart is. Oh, you know, it's it, at this point, it used to be about, you know, the logic and then it went to the heart. Now it's got to be in the gut, you know, like you've got these different stages of how you uh, analyze things. And for my gut right now, I, uh, I am choosing projects I still want to do. I'm not working because I have to work, although I do have to work, but I only have to work more smart and things I want to do. Um, 
It's a big step. It's, it's definitely it's a big step. Bit, Mm-hmm. It's really big because that's how everybody should work, really, yes. and not doing things just for the money between because right. you want right. to do them. And unfortunately, economy doesn't let you do that. Right, right. 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 And you've worked um, long and hard to get to this point. 30 years in the industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, 30 years of my business, actually July 3rd. And then, you know, another five, so 35 years, you know, with Xanadu and going back in time. Mm-hmm. And with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm thinking is that because I now can work smart and do the things I want to do, I don't want to be um, under this microscope of all the things that have to be uh, applied in, in, in our world anymore. Like as far as entertainment is concerned, I want to do jobs where they want entertainment. I don't want to be like put under a microscope of testing and like the vaccine, all this stuff. Not because I don't respect other people about it, but I feel like there's been so much people who have done the step of a vaccine. That's still not enough. You know, I had an event um, in a few weeks ago where their vaccine um, passport or password, their vaccine card wasn't enough. They had to be tested on site. And like, you know, a lot of things can go wrong when you're tested on site with a false positive and you cannot have a show. And if that's not in your contract, you're liable for not, producing but yet we we never talked about this or right. i talked about it but the clients didn't right. so there's these there's these um a lot of contractual things have to be redesigned mm-hmm. um and also how are people going to handle the vaccine being accepted or not based on now you still have to wear a mask sometimes on planes and stuff so I still think for the corporate industry, we're still a little not there yet. I don't think we're going to be there yet. I don't think we're going to be there until 2023, maybe the end of 2023. I think there's too much risk that people feel are at hand and people are comfortable working virtually and understand it. Like I'm doing a, a, you know, a conference call here virtually. Um, and I think the people that are going to rally here in the industry are going to be our social events, our private events, our weddings, our social fundraisers, charity balls, things that people choose to go to, not have to be made to go to. Association meetings are still a thing I think that will survive. But mm-hmm. the corporate meeting, um, I think that's going to be a hard call for a while here. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's no, uh, yeah, there, there is no rhyme or reason with regard to state laws, uh, local mandates, uh, corporate, you know, company brand laws that we just, we just spoke about. It's hard. And no one's if, on the same page. No one's, no on, the one's on the same page. Right. Let's talk a little bit about that, uh, experience and, uh, because it does bring to mind this idea of needing some contractual terms around exactly. COVID-19. And in this case, you told me about this. You, when you first were asked about this piece of business, you brought up the subject of COVID-19 and yep. wanted to know if anything would be needed. And you were told yes. no. And this was a very short turnaround too, very short yes. time frame between initial call and time of event, date of event. Yeah. Even and, the week the week before they said we want to do it, and I asked at that time, "What is the COVID policy? Just bring some masks, just in case." And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we've got beaded masks. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we'll bring them. But she goes, "I doubt they'll make you wear them." So, so hold you on know, before so you I, before you go on, I just want to make sure everybody understands that what you were contracted to bring was a show that you mm-hmm. produce 
with a cast mm-hmm. of a cast of how many? Uh, I think it's 12 people. 12 people. So just so that everybody understands, this is not just about, you know, a couple of people. This is a full cast that would have yeah. to be rehearsed and come together and then do this job together. Yes. So you have this initial call. So we did it in a week. Yeah, in a, in a week. And there were things, uh, yeah. And so, you know, I asked for about that. They said, no, don't worry, just bring this as a backup. I said, great. And we signed a contract. They paid in full ahead of time because, you know, you're, you know, whatever. At this point, five days out. And um, we developed a show that relied on the different parts to make it work. So it wasn't like one, if there's a ballroom couple, one was COVID and one wasn't like that, ball, that ballroom couple wouldn't work. Or if right. it's about a band was, of dancers and one's positive, then all of them couldn't work. Right. There was an this, MC. If he was positive, who's, who's the glue, right? Right. There, the, so, these were not swing interchangeable pieces. Everybody no. was instrumental, integral to the show. Yes. Yes, they were. And mm-hmm. even if they were swing integral pieces, the ask at two days before to get tested to me was crazy because you're essentially saying, I want you to test on a Friday over the weekend. Not to mention that people have other lives are doing, they're doing other gigs or working and they don't have time to run somewhere and get a test. So, so, this, and I, so- I, I can't make them get one. They're not employees. So this is what happens. The show is on a Monday. You get contracted. You get paid, say, the week before. Now it's Friday before the Monday. I got paid on the Wednesday before. Before. I got paid the Wednesday before the show. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then it's Friday. And that's when they say, we need you to get tested. And the show is Monday. Yes. So there's only Saturday and Sunday in between that time. Okay. And Right. Okay. So, and it's a weekend. So people are off doing their thing and wherever they are. And you're, you're not given any notice to give to anybody. It's like, we have to get yep. this done immediately. People have to drop what they're doing and they don't work for you full time. Right. So let's be clear too. They have no, other right. things. Right. Right. And I so, asked, will a vaccine proof of vaccine work? And Cause the entertainers were willing to do that. Although I can't really ask them, nor can anyone for a HIPAA right. law. You can't, you know, right. you can't. Especially where that. you live, especially in your state. Especially where we live in Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were all willing to, to show it. And they said that was not good enough. That we had to be tested. I'm like, well, what the heck is this vaccine for? So I said, you know what, guys? Let's just err on the side of caution. And let's wear masks right? Let's just wear masks or put the stage 30 feet away and we'll enter from the back and never be near this audience, right? And so they said, we'll take it to the higher ups. Great. That's Friday, Friday afternoon now. Sunday, I get a call. We're going to set up a testing site at the hotel an hour before your rehearsal time. Okay. So nothing in my contract about COVID. Nothing in my contract about what would happen if someone fell short and the whole band had to drive back and I only have half a show left or half a ballroom couple or no MC or no specialty act. That wasn't addressed. And um, I called Monday morning to say, hey, we're not comfortable with the COVID test. There's a lot more risk here because people who have had the vaccine or have had COVID last month will, will most likely be a false positive because that's what the doctors say too, right? Because- you're well, there's vaccinated always a chance. and right. is there a chance 
anyway, I said, we're, we're going to drive. And they said, you know, we understand this is not your fault. This is coming from an optics situation with the higher up of the organization. And I said, well, we're, we're going to drive. Um, we got there. I said, we're ready to go. We're in the lobby. We had had our own hotel reserved. And they said, well, we have our testing. So I said, well, honestly, no one here as a group. I took a, you know, a call. If one or two people don't want to get tested, we all are not going to get tested because that's their choice. And they're willing to show your vaccine. If that's not good enough, why were the people on the plane tested that they flew with? Or is the front desk person tested? Were the people they're sharing guest bathrooms with that are guests of the hotel, the bar, the pool, were they getting tested? No. So why do we have to get tested when we're going to be 30 feet away, not even near these people, we're willing to wear a mask. And it just didn't make sense. You know, it was just like, I didn't want to open Pandora's box for my company to get sued from one of my performers that they lost work the next week because they were tested pot a false positive they could get a plane for memorial day weekend to go away because they have to sign something you know on the airlines now that you weren't around covid for so many days and blah 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 i just felt this is not fair i don't want to be bullied and so i opted to say okay we'll be here we're ready to perform a mask um or we can enter to the back and be 30 feet away but we're not going to get tested on site especially an hour before a rehearsal check and call call time i mean like and, that's ridiculous and this was also something else that complicates the situation they're a group out of tampa and this was in palm beach correct correct yeah so it's about a three-hour drive yeah three and a half four hour drive mm -hmm. yeah so so we did it we went there and we stayed the time because it was two waves and uh we're like we're here we're ready to perform we have our masks and they're like, no, next day, no. So they go, you're relieved. I did get a text saying, this is not your fault, you know, which validated, I believe, myself and my company mm -hmm. and my decision. Well, so, you asked the question right off the bat. No, I did. I did. Before you right even the accepted bat. the job and the time. Contract, because, right. yes, because that is a problem, I wouldn't have accepted the contract. Correct. So, and you have every right not to accept a contract, but once they gave you the lay of the land, which in this case, there was a third party involved, and that's always tricky because the third party is your client and you want to be, you want to be very, very loyal to your client, right? But in this case, the client, the third party was in the middle and either didn't, something went wrong along yeah. the way, something went wrong. Because the idea that it was optics, which is what you presented to me when we first spoke about this, just seems so ridiculous because why you have the meeting at all? Hello. And this was not why are you doing it? And let's just also be clear that this wasn't a local Palm Beach meeting. This was a meeting where people were flying national in meeting. national. Yes. Flying into yes. Palm Beach. So into where Palm Beach. What, what's the What's the problem with the optics of a 12 person performance company and all of that why these people who are going to be clearly the furthest distance from any of these people during did you in the entire did you say that they're there did you ask that no question? i didn't no I, oh, I wish i wish i had known the answer i did too. not i i i uh i i asked my client personally who she's also a friend of mine i know she was stuck in the middle um 
it was show because they wanted people on the stage without masks. But yet I got a screen capture shot of that event that night from, you know, social media. And the waiters were all wearing masks there. Um, and the and when right you say up to their you, faces. And when you say you have masks, you have dazzling masks. Yes, sequin had masks. Sequin, right. yes. Made for each costume, mm -hmm. as well as for the singers. We right. had the plastic masks here, uh, you know. that, some, that some, It was something else. I have to say something yeah. else probably went down there. And maybe, maybe, who knows? Maybe somebody saw something in a visual or I have no clue. What were you doing? What show were you doing? We were doing like a welcome to a Florida show based on the music of our culture, you know, Cuban, uh -huh. um, Spanish, uh, uh, you know, J-Lo, sure. uh, Camila, whatever her name is. Yeah, right. I mean, Gloria Estefan. And we were doing five segments on a specialty act. I had a ballroom couple, I had dancers, I had singers, I had an MC, and we really personally created the show for this client. It's not something that came out of stock, you know, I spent time pulling the show together in a week. And um, that's incredible. I, that's I, I, feel like this, I feel the show would have been spot on to what they wanted. And I'm sad because the performers really wanted to perform. They're like, we'll yeah. do anything. Da -da -da -da. Yeah, and, and I and then two of them were like, you know what? I'm not comfortable getting tested. I have to fly out on a plane next week, or I have to go back to a workplace where they're requiring me to sign something that I have been around COVID, and I couldn't take that fall. Well, as it also, wasn't, yeah. Uh, if two test positive, and you're all shut together, down. I mean, you you have to assume that you're all at risk because you're together. Right. Well, you know, the dancers came in one in one car with the wardrobe manager. And, um, you know, you got five people there, one down there, all five are down. That's right. all. The, that's all the costumes and the, right. the, the people, you know, you got a ballroom couple. One was based in my in Fort uh, Lauderdale. The other person was based in Tampa coming together to perform. You know, one goes down. What are you going to do? Have to have a ballroom couple. Right. And I just think they're going to look at me and then say, Oh, well, you didn't, you had failure to perform. Your cast isn't here because there's nothing in my contract. So we had you, nothing in it. Did you think about asking for some, uh, some uh, protection from the third party? Did you think about that? Like an, an addendum to the contract? Yeah, but that came up at noon, the day of. On Monday when you, when you needed addendum. to be in a, in a van. We were driving. Oh. And um, they said to me, I'm sure they um, will pay for all the performers that could perform. And, that, and that's when I'm like, I'm sure. You already paid uh, me, no. kids. <laughs> you already paid me, one. Two, I'm getting paid no matter what. Mm -hmm. Because that's not fair to me. Because you're this big organization who's going to, no. to be bullying me as a es small company. Especially since you're already there, ready and willing to work. And we have masks. We after the waiters right. can't wait their masks why can't we that are well, actually more appealing right yeah that was the big thing not post-contract and i was brought up post-contract and that's where the fault lies yeah. and i think it came at a last minute panic from an upper ceo's wife or someone that felt like oh my god we're having this event what are the optics 
we're going to show performers how to stage dancing. They had to have that, 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 that fail safer, that testing site there. And obviously not all the waiters were tested because they were wearing masks. Because if they were tested, they wouldn't have been wearing masks, right? So well, was it just the performers are testing? I don't know. I mean, it would have been great to know because there is also the possibility that the hotel makes their employees get tested. Uh, I know that- well, Why have to wear? Why do you have to wear a mask then if you're tested? If you're tested, you have to wear a mask. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Okay. We were vaccinated. Right. And we had, we still, we still no, were accepted. No, 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 no. It makes no sense. It no sense. doesn't make any no sense. sense. In your case, it defies logic because you were already vaccinated. Everybody was vaccinated. And, you, and the thing is, you chose Florida for a reason. You chose, you chose Florida. Florida because it was an open state. You chose Florida because it did have the welcoming handout to come and be free and, 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 and have a great, like, event or live by the pool and not have a mask on. So you can't have it two ways, double standard. And, and it really offended me because even though all these people spent the time and money to get vaccinated, that was not good enough. And that's bullshit. I'm sorry, it is. Yeah, I don't think it had anything to, to I think that the, the bottom line is you were able to keep the money. They didn't ask for it back, which they- They did not. Right. And they admitted that I was not at fault. Big, you, big, big yeah. text. <laughs> but I would say this, um, that beyond that, it it is it is what it is. I mean, we're in this sort of predicament. You did the best thing that you could do for your people and for your company, given where you were put, which was this, your back against this, a wall. Which was yeah, not but this opens up a bigger Pandora box, Anthony. Like, okay, so, you know, we have television, one of our acts that was on America's Got Talent, that is signed with the agent in New York. And I told him about this incident. And he's like, well, what do you want me to do about television if you have to go to Vegas and they want to test you on site? I said, well, I don't want to be considered for those contracts. And let me tell you why. Not that I don't want to work, but what happens if we fly to Vegas? We test on site and somebody is a false positive or a positive, whatever it may be. That person can't perform. We got to find somebody else to take their place within a day. And that person can't fly back on a plane because you have a two week quarantine. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I agree that the, the idea of making people travel, forcing people is not going to no. work. Right. So people that feel that they're part of a company, they have to be there or they're told they have to be there. Uh, that could be problematic. And but I can see the I, I can see companies uh, providing the virtual option for those who don't want exactly. to be there. And I can only see it in a case when meeting is really essential. So, and you know who else will make it through our associations? I think they're sure. in person Masons will come because they're paying to go there. It's their right. choice, right? right. Same actually, with charity and social events. It's their choice to go. You have a ticketed item you're paying for. It's your risk. It's whatever. You know, the well, corporate conference they're paying for. The associations have the most to gain in this equation because they absolutely right. They now have a little bit of an easier path to in-person events, live you know, membership, because now they can offer some of these things virtually to tease people because it is a paid 
pay to play kind of situation. You belong to the organization, but then you have to pay to go to the event. So, so you're gonna, taking the risk personally, right? You're taking you're the taking risk, the risk right. Personally. And as an organization, the association has less of a risk to take. Of course, there's exactly. expense, there's expense in, in creating virtual content, but it's like a marketing investment. And that's the way it has to be considered now because totally it's agree. all marketing, but you're right in the corporate world. It's, it's going to be a little bit slower. People are going yeah. to be, except I think where, um, incentives are concerned. I just, you know, we did a couple of them virtually last year, not with entertainment, just, I produced a few for a couple of, uh, uh, medical companies and they were, ugh, you know, you're giving people awards in a, in a zoom format and you're trying to make it celebratory and great. And it's not. So I just don't see any, any, uh, traction with trying to do awards this way and we know that incentives are all about incentivizing people to do and sell exactly. and you know produce so you have to give them something that's really mind-blowing earth-shattering you know makes them encourages them to, to sell 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 even more so i wonder if those are just going to fall under the radar and be smaller and be more you know Whereas they they might have taken two to three hundred winners, maybe just the president's club of twenty, you know. I wonder how that's going to be impacted. But certainly, virtual is no replacement. Maybe it's more about how we're, we're questioning them, you know, and how we're determined we're deriving at the information as to whether they're ready or not, because you know. Maybe that's what we need to do is be smarter about the questions that right. we're asking. Because, you know, when, and I think quite honestly, maybe some of it is just an, a desire to want to work. And so the tendency is, I agree. Like, you know, but there, we should, we should get a, a, an idea of what their, what the host's uh, barometer is on temperature is on COVID and how, concerned they are because you know you think oh they're going to have a an in-person event they're not worried but it's not just about them it's about their guests as well mm -hmm. and exactly. that thought and sometimes people don't think about that no you, everybody has to think about one another everybody needs to feel safe everybody's respecting each other's decisions and um you so know i think invi invitations are going to start to, you know, inform people that this will be a, you know, non-masked event. I can see that happening. And, you know, please consider that when you RSVP. I'm uh, seeing that socially. Yeah, yeah socially, okay. socially. Totally. Here in Florida, yeah. I've done a few events already unmasked. Like, it's not even an issue. And I guess it's different. California is way different than here. So for me, my, um, my, 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 um, I guess analysis is different than your guys because you've been under a more restrictive state where here it's not as restrictive so for me it's like oh everything's great you know where you guys are like oh you know it's just state by state so um i think we all just have to be aware and do the best for each other and know that i believe most people want to be fair mm -hmm. and safe no one's trying to hurt anybody I just think we all do have our own decisions and that also has to be respected. 
that's all. Well, like you, you know, you did your due diligence with that event. You tried your hardest with your due diligence. Exactly. And, and it, it and wasn't when, good enough. Day, you protected yourself, your company, and your artist, which is admirable. Yeah. And for further contractual people, I shared my story so they could insert that in their contract, you know, like get that, that get all that stuff up front. Mm-hmm. And then you make an intelligent decision based on can you risk somebody getting tested on site? How is that going to impact you? And, and what is going to be your, your payment if you show up and they request that? Are you going to pay them full for all the work you did beforehand? Just have it on the table. That's all. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody's new at this game. I'm not going to fault anybody here. Like even the client I was with, or they all didn't know what was going on. But I, you know, I consulted with an attorney and consulted with my conscience. And I just felt it just was not the right thing to do to move forward with that situation. Definitely a conundrum yeah. that I, I. It was a conundrum, Andy. Yeah. But I think I the. Schwitting. I was schwitting. You're, you're schwitzing. That's what you're trying to schwitzing all that schwitzing all those years with the Jews, and you still don't have it. Bubble up. Yeah, finally. But I think yeah, you know, ultimately what you're saying is be prprepared in your contracts and uh, I'm sure that Doreen is uh, yes. prepared in her contracts now about what her oh, policies yeah. are now from going forward yes yeah. yes we all have to be prepared and we have to do the same thing with ours we have to do, uh, uh, note what our policies are what our procedures are and there will be the occasional somebody's lawyer who will look at it and say no we can't sign that and then we'll have to decide whether or not the business is worth the risk right. of that addendum or you know agreeing to terms that are outside of ours but that's all done on paper and to your point, right. this industry is not one that's known for stepping up when it comes to admitting fault. So the fact that you got it in writing, I think, is terrific. Yeah. And I do commend your client, whom I know. Yeah. Um, I, I commend them for that. So Doreen, before all of this COVID stuff happened, long before all of that, before 9-11, you started your business. What yeah. prompted you to start a business and and talk about the the hoops that you may have jumped through to do that? Uh, I think I think so as little always like to be in charge and tell That's people true. what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, work better that way. I feel more, uh, you know, I, I'm not I'm not a worker bee like that. I, I want to be in charge because I like to put in a lot of time and effort. And I feel like I was lucky along the way to have started with Xanadu um, as helping develop that whole project Mm -hmm. and that whole idea. Mm -hmm. And I really liked the idea of developing a business from the ground up. Although I didn't own it, it was exciting to be in a situation where your your word mattered. Like if you're in a corporation or working for a city, you got to go through so much red tape and hoops to get anything done. And I like the fact that a small business allowed you to have more of a say and a stake in the Mm -hmm. progress of your product or or service. And uh, Xanadu was a great uh, ground for me. And then um, I took a hiatus, got married and worked for the city and got a taste of that. I worked for a corporation, got a taste of that. I'm like, hell no, I want to go back to doing my own thing. And so then I uh, just sort of reinvented myself in Tampa because there was nothing like it in Tampa. And, um, you know, I didn't really, I didn't use any of Xanadu's resources or people or clients. I just started on my own as an event planner, not such an entertainment company because in Tampa at the time there was just, there was just events. 
entertainment was like Bush Gardens and that's it. Mm-hmm. So you had to slowly introduce yourself in a way that you're in charge of that event. And now you're going to tell the client, oh, you need can can girls or you need pig races or you need something. And I started developing my costume base from then and then just kept going forward and believing in myself, even though my dad thought I was crazy. Um, <laughs> but I felt like I had this thing inside me as a little girl, always wanted to produce shows in the backyard or in high school or in college. And I um, wanted to be a rockette, but that didn't happen because I went to college and got wound up with, you know, Xanadu. Had I went to Syracuse, Anthony, where you were, I probably would have been a rockette. But I went to Syracuse and I ended up I with Xanadu. So. I know. Oh, it's so funny. I know. I had my two choices were Syracuse or UM, and I picked UM. That would have been a very interesting ride at Syracuse. We would, have known e- we would have known each other at school. It would have been very interesting. So Doreen, Doreen is the is the gal with vision. Yes. I should set Aww. that up. Um, yeah. She's the one that will come to work in the morning and say, wait, I had I have this idea. Wait, you have to hear this. Wait, wait, just listen. Wait. And it'll be a great idea. Yeah. And something totally feasible, something workable. Uh, and that's the way that you have always been. You are somebody that's always thought out of the box. And um, I, it's no wonder that you were so instrumental in helping to Xanadu to grow in those early years. And I remember those early years sharing an office with you remember? and and with the girl who always wants to be in charge i remember those days i know we probably got a little squabbles together but i still have all those heads i just did an event for mpi called the masquerade and we did the mask dancer so i had everybody wear different heads like dolly and the hot pepper and you know remember all those heads we have like pepto-bismol and i had songs they had to come out and dance and it was really fun I might just rent those costumes from you for something yeah. here in town. That's a great way to use them for that theme. Uh, what what Doreen is talking about is Xanadu was known for these big heads, the paper mache heads that we would wear as performers and perform in as the likeness of that person with this big head on. So you were doing an impression because obviously this head is not animated. It's a, a, a costume piece. But like a Disney, glorified Disney head. Exactly. I have exactly. a picture I can text you guys right now. I know, I Be told there? Anthony, I want to see pictures from back in those days. Not for blackmail or anything, Anthony. But oh, you know. I got some good ones of Anthony. <laughs> oh, Wait, I'm but sure. I'm gonna, I do I'm have a you. box. I do have a box of photos. Uh, that I will share. I promise that I would. And I almost pulled it out. I just couldn't find it easy enough for this episode. And nobody can see them anyway. So it's just a big tease to the audience. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll I just sent you guys, time. I just sent you guys a picture. Oh, God, I'm not looking at it. It's, oh, no, it's not of you. It's of the masquerade and all the heads, the raisins oh, great. I have. Oh, great. You still have the California raisins? Yes. Mr. Yes. Ragu. Mr. Ragu. Yeah. Oh, Elvis. yes. Oh, yes. Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit. This is the man awesome. on the moon, the moon head, Sammy Davis Jr., Dolly yeah. Parton. Have them all. Uh, have yeah, them there all. were. Marilyn. I want to be Dolly. Betty oh, and Dolly's up on Betty. I don't have Betty Booth. You know that? Or you know, Betty ABC... Booth was dangerous. Yeah, I loved her. She's my favorite. But ABC Costumes, Carol. Remember Carol? She yes. got her. Mm-hmm. I know Carol is still. Uh, I don't speak with her directly, but her birthday is this week 
and we have mutual friends, Carol and I. There you go. So I hear about her. Yeah, I love Carol. Botwin. I know, I did too. Yeah, Botwin. yeah. She lives in Key West. Yes. Yeah, so anyway. Yeah, so that's the business story. Like you started your own business. You learned and you developed your own twist on what you wanted it to be versus, you know, Cheryl Neal had great vision together and then you took that and you made it something more than in your style, right? And so did I. Yeah, uh, based on what my abilities are, but it was not really not my intention. And when I moved, when I left Xanadu to move to California to work for Irwin Productions, that was the furthest thing from my mind. It wasn't even part of my plan because at the time I was still thinking musical theater. I was still thinking somehow I'm going to get back into theater, uh, but I never did. And then because after three years of working at Irwin, I started to feel stuck. Uh, like I wasn't yes, going anywhere fast, right? And so that was yeah. the impetus for me to start a business was I'm just, I'm going nowhere. I took this big leap of faith and moved 3000 miles away. The job was great. I loved it, but financially I was stagnating and um, I had to make a change and a move. So that's what really was my motivation. Was it easy in those first few years of building your business was, or did you find those difficult years when you look back? Actually, I felt like I was working still at Xanadu because I I did everything. Remember, and so did you. We wore the costume, we danced, we choreographed, we managed, we stayed. And it wasn't so hard because I mean, it was difficult to get a status, national status. To be local was easy because I was like a big fish in a small pond. There was nobody doing anything like it. Mm -hmm. And you know, I used different levels of working at the as a dancero coach. I'm not Dancero, Sundal coach at USF. And that's where I got my interns to work in the business. And then from there, I used the basketball games to showcase choreographed dance numbers. I didn't do pom-pom routines. Are you kidding me? I like Michael Jackson out there and I had Dolly Parton down there, Kenny Rogers for the FSU game. And um, I got notarized in the, in the public by doing these showcases for like Visit Tampa Bay. And that's how I started getting clients. Oh, wow, that was cool. And it's, it's, it was all about showcasing. Never for me was it about marketing, paying money on catalogs or pamphlets or you had a showcase. And, and you also had to join organizations like MACE, mm -hmm. MPI, special event and do things for free mm -hmm. because it does come back to you tenfold. Mm -hmm. um, and so my, all, my thing always is for business starting, you've got to showcase and you've got to network. Mm -hmm. you got to yeah. do a lot of free. You have, I can testify to that as well. We've done some things together gratis and uh, because there's so much value, you can't, you can't overstate the value. It doesn't feel that way necessarily when you're finished with a project that is gratis or free or for marketing, because it doesn't happen overnight unless you're so different and you know, you, you have a talent that's just so way out there that people see it and glom on and they have something immediate. Usually it takes a while to develop right. a reputation. And what, what would you say that being involved and giving things away, showcasing that they saw as much about you and your style of working as they did what you were able to present in terms of a product, great product, but also there's this great lady who knows what she's doing that I want to work with because she's yeah. professional. I, right. I feel that, that has happened through the years. Um, you know, like not at the beginning, but as I show proof, you prove yourself, you do these showcases like for special event or 
for, you know, NACE or for MP or whatever it is, they start seeing what you can do. And if, and I think too, working on a committee, like so many people are like, oh, we're gonna work on this committee for the showcase gallery. That, that really is a value because other people see how you work, one, uh, what you bring to the table, how you listen, how you communicate and, you, and another mind frame. So being a part mm -hmm. of a showcase with a group, I think is also essential because not everybody has everything. It, right. Exactly. That, and that's the yeah. point is that you get the people get to know your work ethic and your style and they develop a trust for you when you do it right. correctly and you follow through. And that is something that you can't pay for. It's impossible. You can't. It's impossible. Yeah. Right. Without experiencing having that connection. So it really is an opportunity. It's risk too. It's risk, you know, sure. you, for sure. That's a big thing is um, knowing when to take the risk and knowing when not to take the risk. So um, talk, talk about the risk. What, what risk was it for you to showcase? Well, television was a huge one. I mean, we invested in like $75,000 worth of gear came up with this pipe dream of holding these TVs and and we didn't want to showcase it except we wanted the first time for anybody to see it was on America's Got Talent. And we went in there also having to pay for people and rehearsals and travel, you know, some of our travel. And it was a risk. It was a hundred thousand dollar risk when you look mm -hmm. at it back. And it could have went a lot of different ways. But um that that was a big risk but it worked, you know, and I felt we were ready to take that. I felt I had a good team, especially with AJ coming on board. And he taught me a lot about um, as much as I have all these ideas and craziness, you also have to technically have to execute them, you know, mm -hmm. and you have to also understand that you can't make changes at the last minute. Like I always wanted to do like, Oh no, no let's, <laughs> it's, it's doors are opening. No, let's ch change the fourth count of eight. I'm going to freeze and move. No, you can't do that anymore. You can't do the lighting. You got to lock in a show and know it's your best work and prepare ahead of time. That's the biggest thing. And I'm like, wait, we're creative people. We don't think <laughs> like, and I like as a technical director. On time, right. Paper. It's five no. o'clock. Start creating. Right. It's, yeah. We're like blocking a half hour before. Oh, that would be a better entrance. And they're here had the lights set for another entrance. We're like, no, 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 no. I'm not feeling it. And I've had to learn and like really let go of that and know mm -hmm. that the audience doesn't know that, but right. I know it. Right. And that's been a big learning curve. Another thing was investing in one of a kind costumes, you know, taking the risk to spend $30,000 on some rock of ages band costumes that my father was like are you kidding me and i invested <laughs> it and then because i could see a little bit ahead of what was coming on the horizon with broadway and just the whole rock era that was going on in uh the late um the early 2000s and um and i took that risk but you also have to work hard to make that risk pay off you can't just make it magic you have to really showcase with your risk okay so the best thing to do is, is and it's like a Seinfeld episode we start about talking about showcasing doing things for free <laughs> well it's like in full circle that risk you better have that showcase and have that showcase as perfect as you can yep with with what you invested in because this yes. is your shot yeah and making that shot you know yes. like it and, was um and it's had, one shot it's yeah, literally it one, shot. one one shot shot and it's not like doing a movie and it remains forever or being in the theater and and rehearsing it and then performing it every night and tweaking it with every single mm -hmm. performance it's one 
shot. Mm-hmm. And the important thing of that shot is what I've learned over showcasing, because it also could work really bad against you. You spend all this money, you're in front of all these people critiquing, critiquing you, not even like people don't care, like people will want to know what you're doing. And if you don't have full control of not only the creative situation, but the stage and the technical situation, mm-hmm. then I wouldn't take the shot because half of a performance is technical lighting, yeah. sound, you know, and staging. And if you don't get the right stage and the, the size right. of the stage, it, you might as well not do it because right. you're wasting your money at that point. Well, How yeah, you was pick- it with AGT then when you did that? Did you run into any problems? Was it smooth sailing? How did- Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> you know, you have to remember it's the, first time we, it's the first time we ever did it with 12 screens that night. That night. We had rehearsals, but we were never on the stage with our TVs rehearsing. They thought we had our shit together because we came from a corporate background and they play, you know, they spend their money and time on acts that, um, without going into it anyway, they thought we were prepared. We didn't need all that rehearsal. Like some people got days of rehearsal and special effects and pyro and swings. And we had two spotlights. That's it. Two spotlights and, you know, an LED backdrop. And, um, you know, this is another thing about preparation. You know, we were ready to go on and it was, we're opening the show with the top act and act before us was a dunk tank. So they do a, a like a warm up of all the acts that didn't make it. And the one before, before the live show was a dunk tank. And when they put it side stage by our TVs, it started leaking and all our TVs were going underwater and it's separating from the signal. And they had a replacement for us. They had Kanichi, that guy who won that year. And he's standing by. I'm like, what are you doing here? You're not in this season or in this, this round. And he was our backup. And the stage steps were lowering back inside Radio City stage. I'm like, what? We're not going on? <laughs> and I'm like, AJ, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And the producer's like, are you going to be able to make it? I'm like, not opener, but give us like 20 minutes. So they put us in spot three and then Nick Cannon didn't even intro our package. And, you know, it was commercial break. And she's like, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And I looked at AJ, she says, it's going to happen. I don't care. It's going to happen. So she says, okay, everybody stand by, take your places. And Nick Cannon's like, what am I doing? And he's, they go, just introduce television. Don't even introduce their pre-roll. Just go out. And ladies and gentlemen, television. And he pressed that go key on the Mac and it, every, all the screens lit up. Because every time... It would, if you weren't connected, it would go burr, no signal. They all lit up and I held my breath for honestly a minute and a half. I'm sure you did. With Nick Cannon right next to me, looking at the back, you know, back, the, the, the playback backstage. And he's like, oh my God, this is so cool. I said, and I held my, I, I held my breath the very last time. And he wow. went out and uh, then he rolled our package. And um, it, that was just God, honestly. I had, you know, it was, that was it a was, great moment, right? Yeah, it was an, ama- an amazing moment. One of the biggest uh, moments in my you career. You earned it. You earned that moment. You worked darn hard for it. Because yeah. what happened if a screen went out, then that act would have been sunk. Right. Sunk. Right. I would never. And and that's part of you know the stress that you have whenever you're performing. Both of your your main products, Shapeology and Television, is so much of it does rely on the tech being top notch and your comment about ensuring that you have some control over that um, is important and well noted because it is true especially if you're in a showcase situation because the the thing is you you assume an audience will understand well it was the technology that went wrong but no 
They no. just see something go wrong. And most of the time they don't understand what, why, how, but if you're on stage, it involved you and that's not a good thing. And so no. there's a, you know, there's a, it's becomes a little bit of a, a struggle. Like why, to wasn't overcome lit? That. why don't we have enough lighting? Well, maybe the budget, cause it was a showcase, didn't put the money into the lighting. Right. So it reflects on you in a poor situation as well as audio. If your singer's not top notch, you can't hear her. They're not balancing the, the you know, the vocal track mm -hmm. and her monitors and, you know, you've no control. That's why you bring in your own sound person and pay for that sound guy for your showcase and right. let them supply the gear. You got to bring everything in. And I've learned that the hard way. You know, there's some bad things have happened along the way too, but you just, well, not bad, bad with, things. Especially with television. You know, I, oh, can, yeah. I can see how people would try to talk you into picking up monitors or bringing them the ones they use in the office or I, I, all sorts of questions. I can only imagine you are asked um, when it comes to providing the monitors for that, for that act. And that's something that you want to hold on to and secure yourself and, you know, manage. You don't want to have somebody bring you 12 monitors and say, they can't. The no, they, they can't. can't because but they're they, all they're all ripped apart. They're not TV. They're not there. We have a patent uh, on television, so they're not really monitors. They're all reconstructed. Nice. Well, your uh, rider package is easy. Right. So you're providing everything, right? Yeah, it's so easy. You're we just need a sound an out for the sound. That's it. I mean, that is really it, <laughs> you know, and his table backstage and a clear area, you know, that's another thing. Like your writer in any show you do, you, you need to be firm and not give in. So many people give in. Oh no, we don't, we don't need a clear or secure area or no, we don't need dance floor on top of the carpeted stage. And then you have a ballroom couple that twists their knees or you compromise the act or the people's, talents in the act or your your integrity you know and um that's All why three. i say don't give up don't give in on, on a rider but unless it's something stupid like oh it's okay if you have a water station instead of bottle waters fine i'm fine with that but i'm talking things that really relate to your act right yeah uh, and and the the reason why riders are in existence in the first place and you know they sort of have a bad reputation for being uh, they pamper the artist with these writers mm -hmm. and it's all of this, you know, frivolous stuff. What it is, is what's necessary to make the performance, the show work correctly, the way that it's right. designed to work. So those yeah, those yeah. provisions are key, you know. You're allowing the artists to do their best work. Right and, right. and people think you're being like boo booey boo boo, like, oh, you're just dancers or you're just this. The only thing I've noticed by being part of television above what I normally used to do is that I, we are treated completely different than a mm -hmm. dance company or doing just a show. We are treated with like the utmost respect, I have to say. All our writers always fulfilled, um, doing like paid performances now, showcases. Well no. Right. <laughs> no. Well, there's also there. I have to imagine that with television, you're also doing a different kind of work. You're probably doing more meetings and more, yeah. more general sessions. And so that tends to be a different animal than the party, the entertainment, the event at night, which tends to be even when they're planned really well, a bit more of a free for all than yeah, like a you, general session. Exactly. Right. Um, another thing too is the value of an agent. You know, like so people are like, why do you have to have an agent? Why can't I go with your agent? But you know, no, I've learned the hard way 
that having that agent is there to protect you mm-hmm. and that agent's there to be the bad guy so you just go into the phone calls like i'm the happy girl i'm so easy to work with although i'm bitching to my agent saying hey no and he'll you know placate it and make it all fuzzy and but he's the bad guy you know right. and the agent is important especially if we do anything overseas i mean like to, to have all of your uh, legal issues in place and, and if something ha- goes wrong with your act and it's not your fault but people think it's your fault you have that agent in the, in the middle say no wait a minute this is what we needed you didn't do you know so you have that middle guy that is your friend and that goes to bat for you and some people think they can do things without an agent and i always was like that you know i can market i can sell it but with these acts very important that you have somebody that is a signed agent not just and you fall and you also go through your agent all the time you know what i'm saying unless they say you know no it's okay you can do that job because it's a friend and it's private you know whatever but your agent yeah. is, a very, is valuable and you are an agency right a talent agent mm-hmm. too so you understand that people can go around your back all the time it's a relationship you have with that client and the relationship you have with your talent mm-hmm. and i think that's invaluable to as an and, and i see getting older in this industry like when we first started you know ethics and morals were like really big you know you got, oh yes you went down fast if you screwed somebody over now you got the internet you got google you got all these things to way to find people and um it's really up to you as an act and you as an agent to, you know, trust each other and have that good relationship. Or I think uh, being a performer really helps you in understanding both sides of the aisle. You know, you got and I that. think that's where we um, are successful with our artists and our clients because we're all performers as well. So we we understand and and can have compassion for both the client and the artist. Yeah, because you, you as an artist or a performer, you can understand the frustration of the artist. But as a person who sells jobs and produces jobs, you also can the, the you know you also understand the producer or the client because you're doing both ends of the work, and you have to find right. that middle. That middle, that's valuable. That was a great point. Valuable. Right, and you know it's it for for me at least. It all comes down to what is best for the event, what is best for the show, and and always operating with that in mind, because at the end of the day, that's how we were successful, right? So not discounting how people feel, but when you're making a decision for your artist and what's needed, and you're trying to uh, somehow argue that these things are needed with a client, the point is we're trying to do the best that we can do. And this is not about um, overreaching or trying to have you spend right. money needlessly. This is about presenting the best <laughs> that we can present. Absolutely. Yeah. That's crucial to, because people can just sell things. Oh, you need that. You know, you know, you know it better. You don't need that. With, that. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And with no understanding of the back end and what it takes to bring these things to life. That's another another uh, hurdle that you have to constantly jump over is they don't understand that in order to give them, for example, a two minute dance number on stage that's custom, that it takes hours and hours and hours, hours. of rehearsal and creation and hours. Music, to editing, that. costumes. Right. Yeah, think, it, what am I paying two minutes for? You know, television right. sells for a pretty high price for three minutes, you know, you're looking at tens of thousands of dollars. But um, we're customizing so intricately to a client in right. regards to their graphics and just how they the message. Are, 
their message. I mean, it's, you know, it's very intricate. Another thing that I wanted to mention was being transparent. I have to say, growing up as a business in the earlier years, everything had to be client friendly and no, you can't really deal your sources and you can't do this, da, 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 da. you know, that doesn't help people grow, you know? And if you're really an ethical person, you know, you're going to just get burned one time, you know, but then you'll choose correctly of how to work with people and what people to work with. And I think it's so important to be transparent because people are going to know where you got it or you didn't got it. And it's only the best relationship you have with your client and the best relationship you have of that act. You know, it's, it's, it's such a different uh, type of um, thing when an agent's like, you need agent friendly, this and agent friendly that I get that, but they're going to find you anyway. So you might as well just have that develop that relationship and hope that the act and the client you're working with is honest, you know, and you, you have to let go of that. It used to make me sick all the time. And I was always trying so hard to protect my this and that. And I had to just finally let go, like, you know, between them and God at this point, you know, just let it go. Yeah, that's the best thing that you can mm -hmm. do for yourself because you can't control it. And with the advent of the internet, it became so much more or less controllable. And uh, this is a world that's changed. And the I, I sort of look at the future as lots of partnerships and lots of people coming together to create. And I don't I don't I don't see these big conglomerates taking over and owning everything because people want yeah. the independence and like being on their own and it's a creative business. So the idea of partnership and is is key and trusting in that is also key. You can trust if you're trustworthy is my exactly. Feeling, right? That's good. That's a good one. And bumper being, sticker. Right. Yeah. <laughs> being someone, yeah. Needle point on a pillow. Right. Because at the end of the day, and it's always when it's hard to be right. honest, when it's most important to be honest with your partners. Exactly. It's sometimes it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Really hard. But it's valuable and, uh, and case in point, you and I, we have known each other for many decades. Many. And yes, and we work together. Sure. And I trust you with my life. Four, four, decades. four decades. Because <gasps> never in that time have you ever done anything that has made me think, ooh, her Shady. morals are compromised. Right. Yeah. She is not right trustworthy and you've built a reputation uh for being trustworthy and reliable and that's why you become a successful you and have. same for you we're like what? the old team we're we the ground are. the ground of events i mean you and i were lucky enough in the 80s that this is all started in the 80s 80 what was it four or five where entertainment was at bar mitzvahs that were not just motivators but like performances and things in business theater and everything like mm -hmm. we were so lucky to be at that that bottom because so now to start a business you've got to be you know really have a unique unique something product or um i don't or, know it's yeah hard. Or it's hard service now. or it is a bit harder mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's so many more too you know there's so many yeah. more of us in the business and there's so yeah. many more ways to become educated and you know there's going to be a, a new wave of kids coming in that are being educated in events not learning from experience necessarily like we did i really gonna... wish we could write a book murphy's law and entertainment right. 101 oh my god, my god. 
<laughs> we should start a collaboration. Have everybody give their one thing they should have done or what ha happened wrong. And it was such a, you know, why didn't I do that? You know, totally. Experience is everything. Yeah. I say that all the time. It is. It's, uh, it, hey, it's the real world. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to know how to work in the world really, especially for us as creative people too, um, versus having a service that, you know, that can be um, measured by other services like, okay, we have tables and chairs, we have a tent, this is it. So you can price whatever, but when you're creative, you know, it's different because you're basing it on what you're worth and then standing the ground to somebody Hey, well, I can get that somewhere else for like, you know, half the price. Well, okay. And yeah. so many people don't learn that. They're like, no, you know, I'll do it for this. And that's where you really hurt yourself. And I probably have done that a three trillion times growing up in my business. Um, but I've learned over the last few years, no, it's not worth it for me because I'm going to compromise. And then, and, and I'm not going to make any money at the end. And I'm also going to hurt my, my, my reputation. And I'm probably also going to hurt my, myself, you know, I'll, I'll be disappointed right. that I didn't stand my ground. And you're uh, going to feel disrespected. And there's, that's a horrible, mm -hmm. that's a horrible feeling. To feel well, disrespected. and you know, I, I hate to say it, but the end, of, at the end of the day, when you, when you compromise and something goes wrong, the compromise doesn't hold any weight or validity. In other words, the fact that you gave into something and it may have caused right. something else has no weight in the argument. It's as though you never did anything to try to help. And so it's a very slippery slope. Mm -hmm. If something is really important and needed, don't compromise it. And if you do compromise, then make sure you understand what you're compromising and be ready to take full responsibility. You can't compromise and say, well, you know, I compromised that. So this happened because of that. So I'm not really at fault. No, you made the decision to compromise. So it's important that we realize that. And Doreen, you've worked really, really hard to come to this point in your life where you can be a bit more picky, choosy about what you're going to take because of the success that you've had and, and how hard you've worked. The, the trick is to have that mindset when you're just starting in the business and, and listening to what we're saying and, and avoiding those pitfalls of saying, sure, I can compromise that or I can do it cheaply, more uh, cheaper, because it, at the end of the day, you might be risking something more important, like your reputation uh, or uh, your ability to get work. Or safety, like, you know, or sometimes safety. I, you might hurt someone, right? How many times have I said, do you really, do you really need Marley on that stage? I'm like, you know, I've got ballroom people on here. And so they said, well, can you just ask? And, you know, I've asked before and they'll be like, well, yeah, we can make it work. But sometimes you just got to like, not even go back and ask and just make the decision yourself because they may say, oh, we'll make it work. But then they get twist their knees or something mm -hmm. happens. And it really goes back to you, no matter how much they said you know, it's really you that signed that contract, you know, and then you. you're liable for work, you know, workman's comp or pay yeah. their hospital bills or whatever it may be. So, you know, it's like, remember what's her name who wore the head in Chicago? Oh, when all Eileen the Arciaga. <laughs> God, it's, I you should laugh. I should laugh. <laughs> ever, ever forget that story. Quickly Navy before Pierre. Navy before Pierre. we wrap up a quick story <laughs> on safety. And we were at the Navy Pier in Chicago doing our Xanadu show in Big Heads. The stage was five feet high. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, we were all, we rehearsed, we were all aware where the end of the stage was, but one of the performers missed the, I, I don't know what was going on. I but think what happened was right the end of the, the stage, stage wasn't, was it marked properly at that time, you know, stage management, uh, stage right. stuff was not as strict now. Like now I'm very strict about lying the stage and some people, ah, you can see, but yeah, I'm fine. I can see, but when the lights hit and the people are in the room, there's a different energy that happens. Right. And so in rehearsal, yeah. Cause I'm not, you know, nervous. So she went off the front of the stage she and walked broke right off it. Broke her ankle. I had to stay in Chicago with her for a week. Yeah, she put they put pins in her wrist, and she was in the hospital. She was, and, and she was not an easy patient, as I know. She was no, she yeah. was not. But I still think about her. That was an awful, awful, awful. Accident. Nowadays, and, forget it. That would have been a lawsuit. You know, waiting well, to happen. could have been a lawsuit then as well. Quite honestly, right. if she had pursued it, yeah, uh, it could have been a lawsuit. Um, she she uh would have had to fight for it but mm -hmm. well it's uh, a it's, venue too it's like what i said you can't compromise you meet you have to make sure that your venue does what is expected not the client but the venue itself the hotel that you don't have a relationship with right like marking the stage right or right. the exit or the, the stage is secure and right. not like coming down and you're you're the one you, you're you have to go through the chain of command but you can't like again compromise you know you have to make sure that's done you're not going on and you have right. to be really strong about that and vigilant on site yeah, been, because totally things been, yeah. happen that are non unplanned. unplanned for example the floor is down you rehearsed you tested it it's great and then in between you go to dinner and somebody comes and mops it or it's does wet. something mm -hmm. to it and it's wet and you weren't planning on that so the vigilance is very very important you have to just especially if you're managing a group be on top of all of those details we have run out of time oh we could do bugs. this all day oh my gosh we could go on it all day we should we have to have you and nancy back at some point and we have to oh, do that'd a, be a, so fun right uh uh <laughs> maybe a point counterpoint with Nancy I'll and I can take her on. Let's do it. Yes, I got and it. she can take you on. <laughs> I know. Uh, we're talking about Nancy Mulligan Hunter. I love uh, her. Uh, who is also in the business and has a company called Fresh Events in Hilton Head and mm -hmm. is also uh, very professional. Oh, and, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we love her. All right. This is the game. We end with a game every time. We call it okay, this or that. It. You probably okay, know it. We say this. We we ask you whether you want this or that. You have to give us an answer. Okay. But there are 10 questions. You can give us one. I'd like both. One, I don't like either of them. But the other ones, you have to say this or that. Okay. So okay. the first one, television or shapeology? Both. Okay, no, wait, wait. No, wait, no, 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 wait, wait, no. That's smart. Neither. No, no, no. Shapeology. <laughs> shapeology. <laughs> so shapeology. Neither. No, wait. Huh? <laughs> okay, no, shapeology. Okay. We'll ask you again in an hour and see what the question, what the answer. Okay. okay. Uh, all right. Two. Meatballs or schnitzel? Meatballs. Mm. Yeah. Girl. Martha Graham or Bob Fosse? Bob Fosse. Late night sushi or late night breakfast? Late night sushi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it's my girl. You are my girl. Hello, hero. Hello. Oh, hero. Yeah. Hero. Open till three, three or four o'clock. Let's yeah. do it. Uh, it's raining men or flash dance. 
It's raining, man. Mm, good one. Howard Stern or Howie Mandel? Howie Mandel, hands down. Hands down. <laughs> Stern's difficult. <Go> ahead. <laughs> Plus, I have a huge crush on Howie Mandel. Always oh, he's so, And he's so sweet. I love him. That's good to hear. I love it when people are sweet in real life. Uh, 70s disco or 80s punk rock? Oh, 70s disco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whiskey sour or espresso martini? Neither. Good girl. Hawaii or the Bahamas? Hawaii. Right on. Last one. Fame or fortune? They're both deadly sins, but I'll go with fame. Okay. Boy, that was ominous. <laughs> They're yeah, deadly sins. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think that I think the storm clouds are over us now, Anthony. I know, right? Well, I'm I'm not a famer, so uh, I'm I'm always surprised okay. when people say fame. But I, I may I, you have all the fame in the world. I really want neither. You know what I want? Health. Okay, that's fair. But you used your neither, so you have to take one or the other. Oh wait, oh, maybe shit. you didn't. No, you didn't. Well, you did. Okay. But you didn't. Whiskey sour, espresso martini. She said neither. Oh, yes, right. You said neither, right? So well, you did have one. a both. You had a both left. But you don't want okay, both. Okay. Let's go. For you're it. gonna sin. You may as well sin. Let's go. And duplicate. Sin all you're going down. Go down all the way. Right. Thank you so much, Doreen. In the middle of Hurricane Elsa, you I battled know. through this interview with us, and we can't thank you enough for no problem. It was it so out. fun. She's always so much fun to talk with. We could go on for hours. Nancy used to say. Um, about somebody else that we worked with who was so difficult all of the time. She used to say, she's so difficult. We could stay up all night talking about her. <laughs> <It's> just like <laughs> That was sort of the joy. Uh, I'll never forget that statement or who it was about. I just want to share that right now. You know now. what that statement is? That's a bless your heart statement. That's a bless your bless, heart. Bless your heart. Oh, sure is. It sure is. Well, we went on and on and on. So let's just wrap up. Uh, thank our audience for listening and remind you that you can find us wherever you find your podcasts. If you do find us on Apple Podcasts, please give us five stars. Doreen was worth every single one of them. And if you have a question or concern or something you'd like to share with us, please look us up at bolada.com. Look for the podcast tab and uh, just leave your question, comment, concern, and we'll uh, talk about it on air. Thanks for joining us. Make it a great life. Make it a great event. Let's get moving. Say bye-bye. Bye. 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 bye.